You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. Today, we get to hear from Dee Dee Anderson from the Anderson Academy, and she's talking about her online courses, her mentorship, her one-on-one mentorship that she offers her students, and most importantly, something really exciting that is happening in the month of January that you're going to want to register for. All these links are in the show notes below, but it's just a really fun conversation. We get off track a little bit, and we talk about some rough stories, times when we've had some mistakes with clients and how we've gotten through those situations. So (laughs) definitely entertaining. So thank you, Didi, so much for your time. Before we get into the conversation, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors for the upcoming retreat and also one of our podcast partners. That is Grandma's Secret Products. If you're looking for a safe way to work on those delicate fabrics in your bridal alteration shop, check out Grandma's Secret Products because you can work out those stains, work out those spots without being nervous to damage the entire dress or ruin a garment. So we're so thankful for these brands that are partnering with us on the podcast and especially for our upcoming retreat. So thank you, Grandma's Secret Products. Okay, I have one more thing to share with you. We have an upcoming free masterclass happening December 14th and 15th, where we're going to be talking all about branded fitting packages. Okay, this is a great way for you to add some extra revenue to your annual income. And the best part is you don't have to do anything extra in addition to what you're already providing for your clients. It's just a way to make sure that you're actually paying yourself for all of your professional time. It's a free masterclass, so it's totally worth signing up and just showing up, seeing if this is something that we can add to your portfolio for 2024. So the registration for that masterclass is in the show notes as well. And I think that's all that I have to talk to you about. Okay, let's tune in and hear from Didi. Welcome Didi to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. I'm so honored to have you here. And I know that you have some exciting things coming up the next couple months, but I would like you to just start by talking about Anderson Academy and sharing with the audience what you started and what led you to start Anderson Academy years ago. What is it like to work with Anderson Academy? Is it all one-on-one? Do you send out like pre-recorded courses? How does that work if there were somebody listening, wanting to get involved with your courses? Well, there's level one, two, and three, and each level has a series of videoed um, classes and you have homework with Mm -hmm. each of the classes. You have homework and then you you pass off your homework with me on Zoom or sometimes you can text it with pictures and just text me and pretty quick into the classwork, I try and encourage them to start working with bridal shops and doing, actually doing it. And there, a lot of times they're like, no, I want to graduate from level three before we even attempt that. And I'm like, no, Mm. <laughs> We're girl. And We're... you're like, I have you, like you're, I'm in your pocket. So get right. the clients while I'm with you. Yeah. I've got your back. Well, and you know, my graduate students every once in a while will email me and say, I have got a funky dress. I've still got my, they're always welcome. Not my children, but we, I'm always their mentor. That's yeah. a nice way. Yes. Some of them are my age. It's not, mm-hmm. but 
yeah so it's not something that goes away because there's always going to be weird stuff right that you right. need a second pair of eyes to look mm-hmm. at when yeah. you've got the basic skills there's oh i agree yeah those designers so, so tell yeah. us like what is the the ratio between like the pre-recorded classes and then your one-on-one time with your students Okay, that's a very good question. There is probably about 10 to 15 hours of recorded class per level. Oh, wow. Per level. Oh, my goodness. Oh, there's a lot. Wow. Okay. These guys are done with level three. I consider them a master bridal alteration seamstress. They know their stuff. Mm -hmm. But the Zoom time is very much... Some of them need lots of Zoom time. And mm-hmm. some of them actually go through pretty quick without as much. I would say Zoom time at least five to 10 hours. And some of them that need more, they get it. And I okay. and I don't even want to talk about how much they need because yeah. it's it's personal and they whatever they need is what I give. And it's like each of us kind of have our own things where we kind of get stuck with, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like our, and I know there are things that I'm still like, Oh, I hate how this is still a struggle for me, even though I've been doing it for years. You know what I mean? It's like, we're each going to have our own like things that we need the extra help with, you know? So you can't really predict who's going to need the extra time or whatever, extra course time, whatever. Right. And also, who knows what dress they're going to come upon mm-hmm. and whether we're still taking classes or they're a graduate, you know, they still need that help. And yeah, things, that open door is great. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes they need business advice, things evolve and right. things like that. And, and things that you can't anticipate until you're in it. Like, okay, right. I wouldn't have had this question a year ago, but now that I have like a full book, you know, my books are full and I'm, I'm seeing a new problem. Now I have this question that wouldn't have come up earlier. So mm-hmm. when you're working with women who are like in like the building process, you know, anticipating the, the business launch or learning the skills, gathering the skills. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned this, like you encourage them to work with the bridal shops, you know, in the moment instead of like waiting till mm-hmm. they graduate. But what do you see as like a common fear that, women struggle with or your your students struggle with before launching or maybe even like a common like inhibitor that's like holding them back from moving forward do you see a common thread there oh yes no pun intended it, but that was a good yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. there is a common thread I would say number one they're intimidated by the idea of approaching bridal shops mm. Yes. And so in level one, very first level, part of their homework is going into bridal shops and mm-hmm. talking to management. Wow. But great. I'm also setting them up for success by saying, you you don't ever go on a weekend. You never bring children. Mm-hmm. You come on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, and you make an appointment. You bring yeah. flowers or chocolate. So I'm setting them up for success with that. And right. I, yeah. I think... My students are all come back surprised at how nice people are to them and mm-hmm. how open they are to, yes, please, I do need a seamstress or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And interestingly, something that I make them work on with their homework and is important to me with their Zooms is how do they feel in that shop? Do they feel intimidated? Do they... Do, does the manager, how does the manager talk to the sales girls? Mm-hmm. Because that's 
pretty much how they will t- treat right. you. And, and there's more work than we can do. And they need to be selective of who 100%. they end up, what shop they end up working with. And mm-hmm. I want to not have a scary situation. Mm-hmm. I had one darling bride, of course, the shop wanted her and sent her home with work. And she just had a bad feeling. And, and I'm like, okay, trust your gut on that. Mm-hmm. And some other shops. It took her about three months to get paid for that little bit of work. And, and it was like, okay, your gut was right. Wasn't wow. it? it was yeah, definitely. And and that's the thing. I want to make sure they're comfortable, but also that they're aware that they don't have to, just because someone wants them to work for them doesn't mean they have to. Right, right. And I love that that's included in your education yeah, is how to feel, how to sense the room, like feel the vibe in the room. And yes. it's so true. Each store does have the, it's part of their brand. You know what I mean? And yes. we kind of hear stories from brides too. Like, Oh, I shopped at this store and it was kind of like, I got this feeling. And then I ended up at this shop. That was great. As you become more seasoned and you know, like the clients that you attract, you know, what shop you attract just by being your right. own brand, but you don't know those kind of things when you're first getting started, you know? So yeah. I love how you're teaching your students, like, here are like the nonverbal cues to look for. Frankly, each personality is different. Mm And as far as what they are comfortable with and what they are not. And so it's not cut and dry. This is what you should look for. It's like, listen to your gut. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about this? And is, do you feel like this is a good fit? That's a big part of their homework. Mm -hmm. And on level three, they have to do a business philosophy um that we put up awesome. on their graduate page and mm-hmm. so by then they they should have that but i would say the other really big deterrent of people is they're intimidated by the dresses mm-hmm. which is another reason i want them to get started right away they can yes. get some from thrift stores and we can work and practice on those but i really they get excited about this when they actually are doing work on the dresses and getting paid all of a right. sudden ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> I can get paid this much and they'll be like pricing is a big thing we go over oh yeah and they're like no we can't really pay charge that much and I say you must yes you must. yeah mm-hmm. I don't want you getting the clients that are bargain basement mm-hmm. and you, this is your chance to set your reputation you cannot get a reputation for being the lowest one in town yeah you do not want those clients right and this is a fresh start for you I don't want you having to climb out of that reputation Mm -hmm. and the mean people that you are going to attract and so yeah I really have to work with them on pricing but the sooner I get them into it the sooner they realize there's a big demand Mm -hmm. and the longer I had one she was she's I think she's a better seamstress than me, but I know the bridal skills and she is learning them and has, and she's one of my students. And I was noticing her social media and I said, I don't see the word bridal on there. She's like, oh, I'm the mother of the bride queen. I am the bridesmaid queen. I said, we need to change that. Your skills are capable of bridal. Oh, I'm a little intimidated by that. I don't think I'm, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We're done with it. You have mm-hmm. the skill. You do it. And I made her t- 
pull off everything bridesmaid, everything mother of the bride, and just put bridal alterations wow. on her social media. Mm -hmm. Within like two weeks, she had three brides and it's been boom, boom, boom since. And oh her accountant said, whatever you're doing, keep it up. Because, I mean, you know the difference of pricing on bridesmaids right. for bridal and right. time. And she was just stunned. Yeah. And all of a sudden, life was so much better for her as far as her time being compensated well. Right, right. And there she was doing all those stupid bridesmaid hands. And it was like, whoa. No. And it's, it's kind of like you, it, it can be intimidating thinking like, hey, well, these are all going to be new skills. But really, it's like similar skills just applied to different dresses. But you're yeah. still using the same skills that you know. She, yeah, you know I mean? she has great skills, but and there are some that you need to learn, right? And I, th but I think you also need to learn that you're worth the price, and mm -hmm. you need to. So there's a lot on the business end, yeah. And I always encourage my students to try and get as much business and sewing education from wherever, from me, mm -hmm. from anywhere. I mean, there's lots of good classes that they can be taking yeah because and that ongoing education is important because like you said yes. things evolve like dresses evolve like okay this is a new style that's coming down the pike so then like what skills do I need to improve on to tackle this right. kind of dress or this designer and I think we've all kind of seen trends of new designers popping out with lots of jersey and uh <laughs> I'm like no so it's gonna just take a new skill set you know and we can't say that we're just like okay I'll ready to go done and done. You know, I learned the things I'm ready to move on, you know? It's, so people who are listening or, you know, even as your clients are inquiring to work with you, like what, and you've already given us some great advice, but somebody who's just considering coming into the world of bridal alterations, like what's your general advice for somebody just interested in this industry? You know, we're hearing the buzz that like, we need more seamstresses to step up, but obviously it can be a little intimidating, like, hey, working with brides or getting in the wedding industry. But what advice do you give people who inquire about the new, this new career opportunity? I think something they can do on their own without joining the academy or anything is just get a wedding dress, either from a thrift store or from a friend that doesn't mind and just get inside it and mm -hmm. pull it apart and look at the inside on how they're made and see how you feel about that once you've seen the inside and see seen how yeah. those seams are put together and just be curious about it I think it takes a certain breed bridal uh, so <laughs> <vital> alterations <laughs> and alterations in general are more of the creative problem solving brain mm -hmm. types and there are people, there are amazing seamstresses that must have a pattern and sew mm -hmm. from scratch a pattern and, and they, their brains work that way. And there is a beautiful world for them too, mm -hmm. but struggle with bridal alterations just because you have to be very confident in your brain and the mm -hmm. problem because there's so many different ways. And so- right. You know, kind of analyze what kind of seamstress you are. Mm. Um, are you the type that is okay with, well, let's see what happens if I do this. Let's see. Yeah. Or are you, it must be, 
Yeah. So that my home ec teacher would have given me an A on this. You know? <laughs> That's actually really good advice. And I think, you know, as some women enter into the world of alterations and it's like, actually, I love the design piece or I love the customs piece. Like you find your niche, you find what like gets you out of bed in the morning and it may not be what you start with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. You and can be open to it changing. One thing about bridal alterations, getting out of bed in the morning, I know you can relate to this. There is a rush season. There are times when we have too much. And that's another thing that is really <laughs> great having a mentor because I talked to him about don't overcommit, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and figure out how much you can do. Don't overcommit. Realize black hole dresses happen. Black hole dresses. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Oh, oh, oh yeah. the stories we could tell. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. That could be a podcast episode in itself. Share but, your, your black hole dress. <laughs> but I really feel like, especially their first couple of years when they yes. don't know what to expect mm -hmm. and don't know how to say no, because they're so excited to finally have work. Oh yeah. And, and it can get defeating if you mm -hmm. have, if you overbook and mm -hmm. And it's hard to get up in the morning when you have too much work. Yeah. And, and then it's like, yeah. you just assume that like, that is how this industry is. Like you're always going to feel tired or overwhelmed and you almost don't give yourself a fair shot to do well because you just are constantly feeling behind. And it's like, of course, right. nobody wants to pursue a career if that's the feeling that you're chasing, right. you know? <laughs> so right. to start slow and yeah, I remember, especially my first couple of years, like not seeing the red flags or not knowing what to pick up on when I would have inquiries and I would just take anything and anyone and learn quite a few lessons that way. Even before bridal, I remember one time, like this is when I first opened up just to do general alterations and somebody mm -hmm. contacted me to put new Velcro on cloth diapers. And I was like, okay. So she dropped off this like garbage bag full of cloth diapers and it was a pain in the butt. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then you had to like, you know, it was anyway, but I was like, okay, well it's money, you know? And it's so funny. I have this little journal that I still kept or I've kept, you know, for years and every year since I started doing alterations, well, I stopped keeping track in my little journal probably like four or five years ago, but it was like, I would mark how much I got from each job and then like what I got each year. And it was really fun to see the progression because then I was thinking back to like when I very first started and the stuff that I accepted and then what I charged for that, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, like yeah. quite the learning curve, but you just learn. It's like, okay, a lesson yeah. learned. And like I said, it was fun to track obviously the progression and then looking back like, oh my goodness, I would never accept that now, but you don't right. know, you don't know till <laughs> you accept true. the cloth diapers. <laughs> I think that's the best part about mentoring. And those of us that are to that phase of life mm -hmm. should consider more of this mentoring. I mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. embrace those other teachers that are out there. And also, and I know none of us are making gobs of money on it. Our money is made doing the actual alterations. But if we can help people not have to go through that. Right. Absolutely. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, and just the and, lessons learned that like, we just didn't know. And I didn't have anybody. This was back in like 20, 2013, you know what I mean? 2012, nobody was sewing on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like I didn't really have a right. connector, like, or somebody to talk with. Like it was, you know, there were some uh, women in my 
neighborhood or, you know, in my town who are like seamstresses, but I didn't even know that I wanted to get into bridal sewing. And I was doing like custom quilts. I was like, I knew I wanted to make money sewing, but I didn't know where that was going to fit in. And I was, you know, teaching um, at middle school at the time. And it's like, you just have all of these like questions, but nobody to go to for it. I don't know. It was a rough time. So now I'm definitely like, okay, let's make it simpler. Let's share what we know. And like, here are the things to avoid. Here are red flags. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) The red flag that I had to learn the hard way and you don't have to learn that. So, or it's okay to send people to somebody else or, oh, that's so that's work for a general tailor or that's work for somebody else who's a specialist in this request that you have, you know, you don't need to take on everything. And then that was another big lesson after I stopped taking, you know, the cushion covers and the cloth diapers and all that stuff. Once, once that went away, then I had a different problem of feeling like, oh, I had to like prove to myself that I could do it all. And like, I, if I didn't know it, I could still take the project and then just figure it out. No. And now it's like, if I don't enjoy that, even if I know I could do it, but I don't enjoy it, I still don't need to take it. I still have the freedom to say, oh, you know what? Here's somebody else who'd be a great fit for you because that's not my cup of tea or like that might stress me out, but this person, that project's going to bring them joy. You don't need to prove anything to anybody. So that was another yeah. lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And sometimes just maturity on some of those things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, this is a the beauty of mentor. And my students, I really work with them on that part. They do get the sewing skills, but there's so much. Mm-hmm. Not as far as how much do you accept where are you getting too stressed do you need to back off and just not take any orders for two weeks and get caught up on everything and feel good and then start taking more yep and they're like but what if we miss out and i'm like yes you will it's okay more yep. will come more <laughs> will come yep and saying no to the client that you're like mm, reading their inquiry form will give you more time mm-hmm. to say yes to the people who just totally for your niche, you know? And that was, that was a a tough lesson to learn. Like, because then I, yeah, there were so many times when I'm like, why did I say yes? Or why am I doing this when it's not fun? I could have said no, they could have gone somewhere else, you know? But so like you said, the mentorship goes more than just with the sewing. It's like the experiences that we can pass on and like, learn from our mistakes. (laughs) really fun parts of the academy is I have on each level I have true stories and these are these were are always fun stories they get to know a little bit about me but there's always a moral to the story Mm -hmm. don't do this learn from my mistake Mm -hmm. there's always learning from this story it's not just Mm -hmm. yeah Didi messed up it's about this (laughs) how you fix it this is how you make it right be yeah. aware of this don't make so I'm trying very hard for them to not make my yeah. mistake yeah so I've got some doozies I've got oh some yeah absolutely and I remember too when I first was you know when I was in that season of like proving to myself whatever we all get in our head about that you know and like instead of just letting myself even acknowledge like that maybe came across the wrong way or now I almost feel like I go the opposite. Cause it's like, I, I want my, I want to have a, a great brand in the neighborhood. Like my, my name means something, you know, my brand means mm-hmm. something. So, and I, I heard this on a podcast one time, like we're all going to make mistakes in our business or we're all going to disappoint a client. Like it's impossible to expect perfection from ourselves or 
it's impossible to expect ourselves to read our clients' minds. <laughs> That's another way of putting it. But it's how we deal with that and how do we respond and do we yeah. respond in humility, professional humility, you know, we're still acting as professionals and not totally like dogging on ourselves, but having the humility to acknowledge when we've made a mistake and then what do we do to make up for that? So even times like this year, I hate to admit, I've had a couple like, oh, double bookings, which it's like, I still don't know how that's happened. Well, I do know how it happened. I had, my internet was going in and out at my shop. And so for this little season during the summer, which is like the worst timing ever. So I would write down the appointment time and then I'd say, okay, when I get home to my Wi-Fi, you know, I'm going to, I'll put your appointment into the calendar. Okay. Well, you know what happened. So twice I had brides who came, I had double booked. It was like, oh my goodness. So instead of I don't know, like just kind of passing the buck or making that a big deal. It's like, I totally acknowledged what I did. And then they got a nice little, you know, gift certificate for our local spa. It's like, have and that spa gets a lot of business from me. because It's like, okay, <laughs> they're kind of my go-to if there's like a communication problem on my end or some kind of like booking thing on my end or whatever. It's like acknowledging when you make the mistake and then how do you value your client? I have another story. I have all these stories. A year ago, I had, this is recent. I had a client who had a corset back dress and she had the, oh, the dress is beautiful and it came with a corset. And so she left with the dress. Everything was all good to go. Well, she calls me the night before the wedding, the night before the wedding. And she says, I don't have like the panel that goes behind the corset. Like, you know, and I'm like, yes, you do. Because I put it in your bag. Like there would be no reason for you not to have this panel. That's what I'm thinking. Right. But I'm like, okay, I'll check the shop, you know, and she was getting married about like an hour away. So she's like, can you check? And then you can meet my parents tomorrow morning. And I'm like, kind of rolling my eyes. Cause I'm like, girl, that panel is in your bag. Well, I go to my shop that night, like nine 30 at night. And the panel is in my shop. Like it is <sighs> Oh, it's in the back room. And I, it's like where I put, it's where I put like the veils or the accessories that I, you know, have to steam or whatever. And I'm like, why did I put this here? And I hate to admit this, but a part of me was like, what if I didn't tell her that I found it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I was like, so embarrassed that like, why do I still have this thing? It was like really embarrassing for me, but of course I didn't do that. And then I, I called her. I let her know that I had it. I met her parents early the next morning and then she got a, a day at the spa. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, oh my gosh, like I felt like a schmuck. And you then you have to admit like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry for this stress. Here's a gift to compensate. You know what I mean? And she ended up sending me a great review. I got photos like that relationship was still so good. And she specifically said, I'm going to get choked up. She's like, thank you for your integrity to be honest that you had it. Because she knew that I kind of had to eat crow a little bit to be like, oh gosh, it's in my back room after I said, I don't have it, you know? So those mm -hmm. things matter. And like, doesn't matter how seasoned you are, there's still going to be like, you know, unintentional mistakes or miscommunications. And what do you do to still honor your client and acknowledge when those things happen? So yes. that's another. You know, I think <laughs> it also learned. helps them, like my students, it eases their mind that because they are afraid they're going to make a mistake and mm -hmm. see how you handle it. Do you right. want to hear a fun me mess up oh, story? Yeah. I was doing a hem on a prom dress. This girl had shopped everywhere. This is the only dress for her, but she wanted it to knee length instead of long to the ground mm -hmm. and had me doing a few other things on the dress to make it just how she wanted this was during a very, very busy prom season. And I was like, 
coming home from the store. It was an hour drive on Wednesdays and then coming back on Fridays and bringing all the dresses back. And there'd be like packed my car, like 15 dresses packed oh in the car. Yeah. And at least half of those had to be back by Friday. And so in a very sleep deprived three in the morning, oh my Thursday, well, I guess it would be like early Friday morning point of view of frame of mind. I measured from the waist down mm -hmm. on the skirt instead of measuring from the hem up yeah. from the skirt and cut. Oh no. I cut probably about a six inch and then all of a sudden I'm like, what am I doing? Oh, what no. have I done? And my oh, brain no. just says, put the scissors down. And I mm -hmm. put the scissors down and I just looked at it. It was way too short, way above her crotch. What was I oh. thinking? <laughs> just cut. Send her front. Send her front. No, no. Because I had folded it in half, you know, I'm going to just cut through. Oh, my goodness. So I cry and yeah. I decided to just put it to the side and I finished another dress that I needed to and went to bed and cried and prayed and the next morning I got up well, this is the same cry. morning because it sounds like you went yes, to bed at like really four <laughs> oh and I just carefully mended it it looked it was blatantly there it was there but I mended it so it didn't look screaming it, yeah it was, it was there and I finished the rest. I, I did ham it correctly. The rest did the rest of the alterations on the dress. I called the store owner and I told her, I just ruined a dress. I just want you to know what's going on. I will be buying them whatever dress they want. Hmm. Store just thought hmm. I'd let you know. And if they wanted it at a different store, I'll buy it from a different store. I just mm -hmm. ruined the dress. And she said, I will pray for you. <laughs> And so I had lots of prayers. I got in there just the whole day. My hands were just shaking. Oh, so yeah. Scared. I've never done something that bad before. And they finally came in. And as soon as they came in, I went right to the door and I said, I need to talk to you. And I took them in the back. Mm -hmm. And I, told them, I said, hey, I ruined your dress. And oh I am gosh. so sorry. And I start crying as I'm talking oh. to them. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, it can't I want to cry right now. <laughs> oh my gosh they're like it can't be that bad and I said no it really is oh. and and then I told him okay I I will buy you a new dress wherever if it's at this store fine if it's a different store fine I will buy you a new dress they said well let's put it on and see how it looks well they like the girls like oh I love how it's this shorter length now this is just what I wanted and I said well here's some suggestions I have but you don't have to take, I will get you a new dress. Mm -hmm. And one of them was, it was a black and burgundy. Mm -hmm. And I said, what if we put black, like three stripes of ribbon going down mm. around the skirt? I said, if you don't like these, I, and I had a few other ideas as far as adding a layer of tulle over top of the skirt mm -hmm. and ideas. And I says, but if you don't like any of those, I will just buy you a new dress. You don't have to try and make me feel better. Mm. I, oh, just yeah. And they said, "Well, I really like the idea of the ribbon stripes." Oh, cool. I said, so I sew the ribbon stripes on, 
they come back and they said, oh, I said, it does look nice, but if you don't like it, I, my offer still stays. Stay. I will buy you a new <laughs> dress. You have to love this or I'm going to get you a new dress. Okay. Yeah. So I totally owned it. They yeah. did love it. And you know what? They wouldn't, after that, they wouldn't shop anywhere else. They mm. had to have their alterations. Wow. And that this store closed. They would drive an hour and a half up to my house to have me do their alterations because they said, I wouldn't trust anybody else but you. I wow. know you're this. I did her wedding dress. Mm -hmm. I, oh my goodness. You know, yeah. Five years later. That's like that, such a story of redemption that you did well, her wedding dress. <laughs> it, it is. They trusted me with her wedding yeah. dress. They, they, it was a lot more about my integrity mm -hmm. totally. and about the mistake. I think right. people will forgive you if you're humble and you own it. Mm -hmm. And I think if you get defensive and sneaky, yes, even if they don't say anything to your face, yep. behind your back, you have completely disappointed them. I think so too. Now, they may never say anything to you, but actually no and and your confidence just bombs when oh, you're yeah. trying to be sneaky and hope nobody notices mm -hmm. your confidence is gone yeah just point it out just show them say i'm so sorry take some off of the dress or what you yep. know yeah oh yeah move forward. yeah that was a really that was a really good story though oh i hope to never <laughs> ever go through anything like that again Oh, Anytime right now, have a tape measure. I am always, am I going from the bottom or the top? <laughs> and and well, you know, and it, I, I do think it was the time of day or the time of night, whatever you yes. want to call it, that that affected that. <laughs> well, and that was a lesson too. And that's yep. another lesson that I teach them in this class, you know, because I tell that story and I try not to cry. I still cry when I watch some of these horrible videos. <laughs> Is that don't overcommit. <laughs> yep. That, they aren't saying please do my dress at three in the morning right half out of your mind right no trusting that you're going to do competent work with a well-rested yeah. mind mm -hmm. and it's not even honest really right right you're doing more work than you're capable of that's a really good point because you're not there's no way to give 100 percent with that I have kind of like a little like schmucky version of that story. Cause when you're, when you're telling that, I was like, oh my goodness, this was like my first year when I was doing alterations and somebody brought me a bunch of jeans and I, he's, a, he's a family friend. So he'll go, he doesn't listen to the podcast, but he'll still go on name. Cause he doesn't know this still. He had a stack of jeans and he has very, very short legs. He has a 27 inch inseam. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, Oh, do, do, do. you know, I, I was, on like my seventh pair of jeans and I cut one leg like an inch and a half too short. And I was like, what just, what did I, I don't even know what I did. I don't even know. I, well, I know what I did. I wasn't paying attention. And I was like, listening to music. And I was like, you know, not paying attention. Cause I was going through his stack. Well, they still had like the tag on them. They were like brand new American Eagle jeans. So I just <laughs> ordered a new pair of jeans. <laughs> I had them like rush delivered. So they were the most, you know, expensive pair of American Eagle jeans ever purchased, but, and then I just redid it. And so like, he never knew. And then I, I still have that piece of the bottom of the jeans that I cut off. I still have it in my drawer at work. Cause it's like, you did this and you, you still are, you could still do this again. <laughs> so it's like, you humble. Don't, 
yeah, like slow down because you may have to buy a new wedding dress or something. I don't know. It's just a nice little reminder, but like that, you know, it was lucky that I still had the tag so I could get away with it. And I'm going to tell him the story one day because it's a good story, but yeah. (laughs) Like it is hard, but we are humans and it does. And and I think people will forgive us if we're humble about it. I think so too. I think that makes such a big difference. The attitude behind it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a nice little, I I love that little rabbit trail. I think that was going to be very helpful for listeners, but you have something else that you share with your community in addition to Anderson Academy or it's sponsored by Anderson Academy. So tell us what is coming up in January for listeners to sign up for. Yes. <laughs> um, every January, this is my annual symposium, 2024 symposium. In January, it's going to be the second through the the sixth of January. And this Great year, New Year, right? So yes, you're still right moving into New Year's, new goals. Yes, new goals, and also it's a time for where bridal alteration people actually can breathe mm-hmm. and and yeah. have time. And I also. I made the mistake of thinking I should do a big thing like this once in March. What was I thinking? I don't know. (laughs) And by by the time I was done with it, I was like, never again. Mm -hmm. And all the cute ladies that were on it were sitting there sewing and handwork while they (laughs) listened. (laughs) Making it work. Yeah. So January, it will always be in January. Mm -hmm. January 2nd through the 6th. And it's an online symposium. It's free, which is important. Yeah, that's awesome. Very free. And so it's very fun. And this year, the theme is making connections. Mm. It's all about connecting with our other seamstresses, our bridal shops, designers, bridal designers. When you said about the knit linings, Mm I had a conversation with my girlfriend, Barbie, about knit linings she's a bridal wedding dress designer okay barbie i hate your linings (laughs) everyone loves them they're so soft yeah yeah it's like they're wearing pajamas that they're wearing a nightgown yes the brides love it she says the shops love it too i'm like the seamstresses hate them in a voice for us dd okay yes i said (laughs) They, they will run if they're stretched, you know, next to a seat, they will run. It's really hard to get them to lay flat because they're kind of lumpy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I explained, I, I did, I, I pled our cause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I said, please, it's so hard. This is after I had just changed out, oh, 15, I think, necklines for her. Oh my goodness. Her, her her factory in china got covid for a month and so the the new line she was having come out for market in a few weeks was not going to make it in time for her to go to market and so Mm. she needed these new necklines of course lots of square necks because you know how square neck is Mm -hmm. well 15 minutes that's going to be in style and some lower cuts and things. And so I was redoing all these necklines on that stinking knit. And mm-hmm. it was it was a joy, a treat. <laughs> she owes me big time. She knows it. She's, she's she was very grateful. But 
yeah, that was. A... But you have a bunch of other names with your like. Who are your other speakers? Or oh, maybe that's, that's a secret. Oh, I can. We, I don't want you to like. You know, have any spoilers. But how many speakers do you have for this? Well, let's see. Brenda Lebolt is hmm. going to have a couple of videos, and she. One of my favorite videos of hers is when she tours that lace place in New Ooh, York. Yes, yeah. So she's going to have a video about the backstory on that. Mm -hmm. And also I'm taking my favorite chapter out of her book that she has. And she's letting me put that on. And then she's going to elaborate a little bit more oh, on that's that. Awesome. That's great. Brenda's always been so kind. My very first symposium, she let me use one of her YouTube videos on off the shoulder. She has a great mm -hmm. one for off the yeah. shoulders and it really went along and she was so kind and generous. Yeah. So I've got Brenda LeVault. I've got Barbie, my wedding dress designer. I've got, let's see, who else do I have? I have another Brenda Breitenmoser is another bridal alteration teacher, which oh, I love. Cool. She came down and filmed a bunch of stuff, flew down from Canada to my house to. Wow. I laughed so hard. We, oh, she's so funny. <laughs> and it was just great filming with her and doing stuff. I've got Brenda. Who else have I got? Oh, I've got some shop owners at Bridal oh, Shop. Oh, great. Owners. That's a great and perspective. Yes, we want theirs. I've got Deepika from Pattern Review. Oh, and okay. Really excited about her. I've got Mimi Jackson, one of my favorite people. She is findadressmaker.com. Mm -hmm. Yes. And she is awesome. I want to take her tour. She does tours yeah. in Fashion District in New York, and I really want to take her tour. Oh, I've got Adrienne Gonzalez. Oh, classic. We love like her. My, my favorite people in the whole world. She has. You just been, did a cool dyeing, uh, dye, fabric dye thing with her. Yes. And yeah. she's been on a lot of my symposiums. She has been so kind and supportive. I just love her so much. And I've got great sponsors for the door prizes. Ooh, prizes, love our they're prizes. the same ones every year they support me and i appreciate them so much we've got wawak they have been on board with me right from my first symposium and oh that's awesome i remember when they called me the wawak ladies rebecca and called me i was actually in a fabric store and, and she said she just wanted to support my business and do this and i was just i started crying oh yeah who does that calls me back and oh, and I've got wow. Diana Casey with sewing lady so she fun. is always yes. a sweet lady mm -hmm. and she is sponsoring the has door prizes for us and also lace and company oh my gosh oh. they've been with me forever awesome. and right from the start too they've been great sponsors oh that's yeah. awesome to hear yeah so we've got really fun door prizes and considering a great lineup to go yeah the door prizes are for the saturday webinars okay. i've got live webinars on saturday morning at 10 mountain time and 6 p.m mountain time mm -hmm. and the same people the my guest panelists will all be on and we'll be discussing making connections that's but awesome during the from the january 2nd to the 6th there's all these videos about mm -hmm. making connections and things like that and plus the book the chapter of the book from Brenda LeBolt. And also mm -hmm. I've got a chapter out of my book that's in there that really connects well with trying to make connections, just mm -hmm. a lot of videos and things like that for oh, people. That's to awesome. do. I can't believe it's free. Well, it's free. Be well, the reason it's free 
is first of all because we need to be a community and we yeah. need places to come. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be honest. In order to register, you need to send me your email. Mm -hmm. But I do want you to know I use that email first of all to let you know when things are. Yeah. Like to know when the coupons are gonna expire because there's a lot of coupons that go on that are with the Hello, coupons. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I love it too. And also so that next year I can invite you again. I don't yeah, spam oh, that's it. Fair. Absolutely. Or anything like that, but I let you know next year, hey, this is yeah. you know, I'll use that email list for the next yeah. year. Yeah. So well that's so, yes, so exciting. Okay. That's well, what's um, in it for me. Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll earn it. we're going to have that registration link in our show notes. So if you're listening and you're yes. like, oh my goodness, I want to be there. I'll be there. So make sure you register. Um, yes. And so it sounds like you have like the Saturday are the two live, the webinars that right. you want to get to live to get the door prizes. But the rest Most of the week, there are like pre-recorded things that we can tune into. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Okay. pre-recorded. So at your leisure, when you have the time, you know, We're probably um, still in our jammies by that point. I know that I am. I feel so. like it's, it's like <laughs> January 2nd. Who's involved? And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's best. And also, you've got a link to my past symposium. So you kind of have right. an idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. That will be great. Yeah. And then yeah. also we're going to have this information for our listeners if they're interested in working with you one-on-one. -on -one. So we have a link in our show notes for those of you oh, yeah. who are interested in that one-on-one -on -one work with Dee. And then your Instagram is Anderson Academy. Yeah. Correct? Okay. So we're going to link that up too. And yeah. So yeah, the Anderson Academy, the past symposiums and signing up for this year's symposium. Yeah. So very exciting. This is yeah. like a perfect time to, to chat about all this stuff so we can make sure people get registered in time. So thank yes. you so much. What are you most excited for, for 2024? I have Final made a new year's, new year's goal to spend June, July, and August at my cabin. Whoa. Okay. I that's have huge. never even come close to having that much time up there. And I've made it a goal and I keep saying it out loud. And I think the more I say it out loud, mm -hmm. the more it's going to happen. And now you have a whole podcast community to hold you accountable. So yes. we're going to be like, okay, it, it's May. Are your bags packed yet? Because you got to head out the door soon. Yes. The lake. <laughs> it, it, I'm going to do it. I am. Wow. That is so exciting. Oh my goodness. That's a really, that's very lofty goal. That's awesome. But you deserve it. it. You built I, this up so you could spend time at the lake house. I'm do that. And mm -hmm. yes, I'm going to do it. And I, it means I'm charging more for my sewing and mm -hmm. I'm going to work very hard up until May 31st. Then I'm out, out of here. Yep. You got your, your stack of books and head into the lake. <laughs> well, it was yeah. such a joy talking with you. And I loved how you shared, you know, your passion behind Anderson Academy. And also you were vulnerable enough to share the not so glamorous moments that yeah. we all love to hear. Like we love to hear those stories. Like, okay, we're all human, you know? So it was just yeah. such an honor chatting with you. So thank you for your time today, Dee. Thank you so much, Nadine. You are a doll. This is really fun. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks, everyone.